Mighty Ape is Australia's entertainment and pop culture superstore. With everything from movies, music, games, toys, books, hobbies and more, Mighty Ape is your one-stop shop for the things that matter most. They constantly have hot deals and exclusive promos. And if you visit their website on the click-through banner on fakechef.net's homepage, then your purchase will help support Good Movie Monday. Mighty Ape, Australia's entertainment and pop culture superstore. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You mean to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Please go away. Let me speak for the love of God. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to a special No Time to Die edition of Good Movie Monday. Coming to you. On a Sunday, a little bit muffed up, but um, <laughs> it's kind of fits the theme because let's face it, the release of No Time to Die has been a little bit mucked up. <laughs> yes, this is the movie that we've been anticipating on Good Movie Monday for a very long time, since the beginning, in fact. My name is Glenn Cochran. Thanks for joining us this evening, or whatever time of day it might be, wherever you are. And as promised, there's, um, there's no reason to be doing this. Without the help of our old mate Keith Schultz, welcome, yes. welcome back to the mic, mate. Oh, How the heck are you? I'm great. It's good to be here. Oh, it's last from the past. It certainly is. Yeah. And um, Keith, of course, was the co-anchor of Good Movie Monday for the first twenty episodes, and we spent a lot of those shows frustrated about the uh, the delays of the James Bond movie, and um, taking over from him, the guy you listen to every single week, the legendary Ben Helwig, mate. How's it going? Good, good, very good. So this is the first time you guys have been at the desk together. Indeed. Indeed, it's a moment. Yeah. Normally, I'm over there. You know, I'm <laughs> feeling. I took the spot. Yeah, I, you did. I just figured if I sat there, you wouldn't be able to get into the room. Yeah. <laughs> he has That's a point. <laughs> so, what what episode are you on now, by the way? Oh, geez, Do we're not know? counting because we don't number them. But um, if you left at twenty, I reckon we're up to about maybe fifty. Yeah. Would yeah, you say? Right. I reckon. And we're just getting around to talking about No Time to Die now. That's how long it has taken. Because <laughs> what has it been, like two years? Like, yeah. Has this been delayed for two years? Yeah. It has, yeah. Is this the longest, the, the film that's been delayed the longest, do you think? Ooh, yeah, possibly. Maybe of that ilk, like of that size of film, probably, yeah. So this is going to be a shorter episode than usual, and we'll jump straight into it. Uh, Keith, have you ever anticipated a Bond movie more than this one? Do you know what? Maybe die another day because I was about 12 when it came out and my dreams were shattered very quickly. <laughs> but probably, look, probably not. Just I think this is a unique situation, isn't it? We love Daniel Craig. Well, I love Daniel Craig. So probably not, no. It's been, it's been a minute. <laughs> well, the three of us did catch the film at a media screening and I might add it's frustrating that the rest of the world got to see this a long time before yes. we did. But kudos to them for keeping the secrets because uh, I certainly hadn't caught wind of any of them. No. Well, no time for spoilers. <laughs> no time for spoilers. Hashtag. Um, and there is there are things in this film we can't talk about, which is kind of frustrating as well. Um, but firstly, want to know your overall reactions. I will start with you, Keith. Uh, or would you like me to go first? Mate, you go first. I'm curious. Well, I have to admit, I loved it. I thought it was an absolutely excellent film. I really did. I, I have issues with some of it, but yep. overall, it was classic Bond to me. This felt more classic Bond than any of the Daniel Craig ones yet. Yes. Oh, I would agree with that. The tropes about, I think we said the humour was definitely there. You had like, you know, you had the villain's lair. Yeah. The villain was very classic. You know, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but um, yeah, your your overall reaction. Uh, I thought it was good, but with reservations. 
I, I've, yeah, I'm feeling confusion. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to describe in full. Yeah. I, I, there were things about it that I loved. I actually, I love the first hour of the movie. I thought that first hour was one of the best hours in any Bond film. About an hour in, I was like, oh, this is I'm great. I think, where did you, I have a very poor time when, skills. When, when did, because for me, it felt like the movie was interminable. Like it, I didn't <laughs> think it was, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to jump the gun. I did, I did enjoy it. It's my yeah. favorite Daniel. Daniel Craig Bond film well, okay. by far, but it did feel like it went for forever. It did go for a while. I so when the film hits London and yeah, you have that yeah. stuff and sort of Christoph Waltz answers the frame. Yep, I I, I stopped loving it there. Yeah, right. But, yeah. Was that because he came into it, or was it the direction the no, story was? I taking? just thought the direction of the story. You know, I, I felt like the mood changed. The first hour, aside from the opening, obviously there's melodrama yeah but it was punchy it was snappy Anna DMRs she was brilliant loved her part all that stuff in Cuba was sensational and yeah I I, yeah it's gonna take another viewing for me there's no doubt you'll return to this a few times probably yeah there were a few continuity errors in those first 20 minutes that really bothered me with the motorbike and the car chasing through the city streets up the steps and all that Mm -hmm. it felt like when he would turn down one alleyway the next shot was a completely different location. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, whether that was a, a time yeah. difference. I like to think of it. It's like the James Bond of. It's the Jackie Chan of James Bond films. <laughs> yeah, like when you you, know, you watch Armor of God and the the <laughs> Ferrari goes in one way and it comes out the other way, or Mr. Nice Guy where he's one minute he's running down past the Art Center of Melbourne, the next thing you know he's you know is at Collins Street. And you're like those two places or, aren't near each other. Or it's like you only live twice, where Sean Connery is a full blown Japanese in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes later, he's back to Sean Connery. Like, <laughs> But I have to say, I thought the, the the intro scene, the pre-credits, and kudos to them for yes. keeping the credits sequence, what felt like, I mean, maybe it's just in the context of the movie going so long, it felt quite short. It didn't feel like a, the usual 20 minute long <laughs> credit sequence that takes place an hour and a half into the movie, <laughs> like the last one. <laughs> like that that opening scene, the last one in, in New Orleans... Oh, I Mexican, was, Day of the Dead? Yeah. yeah. The Day of the yeah. Dead one. Yeah. Like, it is a phenomenal sequence, but mm. it is so high, it was so highly contrived and just seemed to go on forever. At least this one actually seemed to be, have a practical purpose and point to the yeah. to the character as a whole and the film as a whole. Yeah, quite often those intros really don't bear any consequence to the Not story. Not yeah. Whereas this one did, definitely Certainly. did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got a kick out of it. The second the action kicked in, I was like, yeah, we're in for a fun ride here. Absolutely. And interesting, the um, the title song, the Billie Eilish uh, song that she recorded, we've, we've heard this song for over a year and a half now. Um, I like the song. Yeah. It's a weird song because it doesn't have a lift. Like, it's sort of a yeah. really monotone yeah. kind of song. I think it suits the Bond. It was written for Bond. Where does that song fit for you in terms of Bond songs? Uh, I've only heard it a few times, so it'd probably have to grow on me. Oh, it's, it's sort of par for the course, Daniel Craig. I like it. It, it. I find it similar to the last one in tone, the Sam Smith one Smith for me. One, yep, but yep. I love love the Adele one. But it was good. Hearing it in context, it makes perfect sense for the film, as you said. So yep. it serves its purpose. But it doesn't. It doesn't hit those Goldfinger high. Well, I was about to say it is no Paul McCartney banger. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that the Paul McCartney one's my least favorite Bond songs. It just doesn't fit James Bond. Great song, just doesn't fit the franchise. Um, but where does where does the uh, the the song No Time to Die fit in all of the song context? Like, where would it slot in order of preference? Would it be like your fifth favorite in Daniel Craig? Favorite? Or just in James Bond? It's tough. Oh. That's, a, that's, a, that's what is it, 26 
26 yeah. songs you got to try and put in order. Yeah, but I mean, I, but really, spot. I don't like the Shirley Bassey ones to be I honest prefer with you. Really? No, I don't. Really? Mate, Moonraker? You don't dig <laughs> on Moonraker? Like Dimes are forever. Sons are forever. I will say there are two <laughs> There are two James Bond themes that are in this film. Yep. I prefer the one later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's good. I'd put it in the middle. Halfway, okay. In between, yeah. I put yeah. it in my like top five. Yeah, to still with the you. real, the real theme is just that beginning. Dun, 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 dun. The rest of it is all just fluff. Like it, it <laughs> doesn't, you know, they come and they go. Who cares? You don't, <laughs> you don't remember it. But any, you say to anybody, you go. Dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah, yeah. You know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Totally, totally. Well, what, what's your favorite Bond song? Oh like, well, it's got to, It's obviously Paul McCartney for you. But it, if I had a second one <laughs> out of that, it would be You Only Live Twice. Okay. Nancy Sinatra, yep. great track. Yep, cool. I reckon for me, it's probably Skyfall or Goldeneye. Skyfall, the newer ones. Skyfall is a is a great is a great song. Yeah. I prefer it when Paul F. Tompkins does it as the end of his act, <laughs> though. But that's great. But I, it's got to be Goldfinger. Goldfinger, yeah. Gold. What a banger! What a what a flick. It's age well. It's yeah. a great film. That <laughs> is, it's really good. It's good. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we. No, we... Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. Yeah. It's great. It's the he's the best. Vi- I mean, he's the best villain. Odd job aside, because and. Like, there's nothing you can say about Odd Job that they didn't say in Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Was it random, random task? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who throws a shoe? Yeah, that's honestly? right. Like it's... So, you, Ben, you, you already sort of told us this is your favourite James uh, Daniel Craig film. By far. Yeah. What, wow. where, where does it rank for you for Daniel Craig stuff? Uh, I would put it firmly in the middle. So, I would have to see it again. But first impressions, I would have Casino Royale, Skyfall, basically level pegging. I'm big fans of both of those films. I would put this at number three. Clearly, I think it was definitely better than Spectre for me. Yep, and probably better than Quantum of Solace. It's been a while since I've seen that, but there's some issues with that one. Even though I enjoy it, I enjoy all of them by one. <laughs> but um, I would say this is number three. I think there's some really, really great stuff. Just it's just going to take a little while to sit. I think I probably need to see it again. There's a lot to take in. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? I think it's probably uh, my second favorite because okay. I, I think Skyfall's yep. the best one. Then this, then probably Kiss in a Rail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Spectre. I'm just trying to even think. They all Quantum. blend into one, all the other ones. Like Casino Royale, I distinctly remember. Yeah. And which is the one that has the great, is it the great ending or the great beginning where they, they actually find out about Spectre? And they're like, and they've got, they've got that bit where he's like, but that all, be this Spectre, time, wasn't it? all this time we thought that you were onto us and we're just around the corner and now we found out you didn't even know we existed. Oh, that's Quantum of Solace. That's Quantum of Solace. Yeah, it's yeah. just got, just that bit yeah. is the only good part of the whole film. It's just that, <laughs> you're like, that, Wow, what a! And then they waste it. They just totally blow past it, and it just becomes just another, you know, set piece after set piece, it's action sequence the, the after action editing. sequence. That I one. was fascinated by Quantum of Solace just simply because one, it's a direct sequel, which is odd, but it's also a really short film. It's like a ninety. I think it's the shortest film, shorter than yeah. Doctor No. It's so like it feels minutes. like an epilogue. Yeah, you know? it's 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 what Coppola yeah. did with The Godfather Three, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're doing a really good job of avoiding the film itself because yeah, we, you know, there's, there's stuff we can't talk, talk about. Without talking about... Well, uh, without can we talk it? about the ending without going into our general feelings? Ooh, it's dicey. Okay. What do you think about Rami Malek as the villain? Yes. Well, that's interesting because I don't like him as an actor. I, he's really um, stone-faced and doesn't have much expression, but I, I enjoyed him in this because okay. like, I thought he played a classic villain. It's not like... Yeah. he was. I'd, I'd hold him up against the older Bond villains as opposed to some of the newer ones. I don't know if this is a spoiler, but just this is my Bond fandom kicking in. I detected a lot of Doctor No yeah. 
Easter eggs. Ben and I were talking about this, and this actually we should talk about. We were right with our suspicions on why this was held back for the first yes. time when the pandemic hit, because and it's no spoiler because it's in the synopsis. But there is a virus at play here, mm-hmm. yep. and we speculated that he was Doctor No, and there were strong Asian influences. Yeah, and you can see where the Asian influences have been removed from this. Do you reckon he was Doctor No, like fully fledged, and they took it out? I reckon they that, may have that because they sequence, call him Doctor. That sequence yeah. of him sitting at the table on the mat. Yes, and there's. Asian paraphernalia behind him and stuff. Like, yeah, I'm, like same set as Doctor No. Yep. I um, mean, one scene. And the garden, yep. the, garden the garden itself is like a Japanese garden. And yeah. the whole, the whole, the whole set at the end is the Doctor No. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like same silo. It's a nuclear silo kind of thing, yeah. or whatever it is. So there's been a lot of thing or whatever retrofitting this to yeah. sort of avoid controversy. And I think even in Doctor No, if I remember correctly. His island is in a place where there's jurisdictional. Yep. Because that's what the whole thing is. There's like the the island that uh, Rami Cal- Rami Malek's character is based is yep. in uh, territorial waters that the, the yeah. Japan and Russia are yep. contesting, and I think that's very similar to what the island in Doctor No is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was one of the things where I said I've got a few issues with it. it was yeah. one that, to me, it looked very obvious that they'd removed some things from it, and yeah. just to be cautious. Yep. Uh, and that explains why we've waited so long. You know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, do, you do you remember they did that with, was it uh, Tomorrow When the War Began? And they... they <laughs> or was it they Red made, Dawn? Or was it... Uh, which, I was one of them where they... They, <laughs> they didn't want to specify which uh, Asian nation uh, was the, were the aggressors. Yeah. So they just went... They're just uh, yeah. Asian. Tomorrow when the war began, because Red Dawn, the remake, went... They're North Korean. North Korean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> Um, I tell you what, though, the opening sequence of this was straight out of a slasher movie. It, like, was. it was really totally. tense. It yeah. was. I love that. And part. scary. It was freaky. And I thought I haven't seen this in a James Bond movie yeah. before. Like they actually pulled those sort of horror tropes. There was a lot of new stuff. Definitely a classic bomb. But they, I mean, they threw the kitchen sink at it, didn't they? They did some new stuff. The yep. opening. And yep. they, they put in some nice giallo esque eye horror in there. Uh, not <laughs> not so much uh, like constant eye spike, eye spike, eye spike type stuff. Oh. But there's a lot of eye. There's a lot of eye fiddling. Yeah. Well, you say that. I prefer to say there was a lot of Albert Pune influence in there <laughs> with the, with the uh, cyborg eye and the nemesis eyeball. Nemesis and... consultant. <laughs> <laughs> he is from an island nation, mate. That's right. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, look, um, I wanted to ask, you know, because we can't really talk about certain aspects of it. Firstly, there is a spoiler that they don't want us to talk about, which we won't talk about. So without giving context to that, were you pleased with the direction that took? No. Okay. I was. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought, thought so. Because... But without saying why. <laughs> yeah, without saying why. No, but I do think it is a very... Because with Casino Royale, they completely rebooted fr- the franchise, right? It, yep. It's not like the other Bonds where he, it was almost like a continuation. It was the same Bond with Casino Royale. They definitely... He gets his license to kill in that movie. Definitely. Like, and he yep. becomes the 007. Yep. And this movie caps off the Daniel Craig run of James Bond in the same fashion. So yep. whatever happens after this, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. It, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like you can create new universes within the one universe. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. And well, that's all we'll touch upon. Well, I mean, that was always the, the sorry. sorry oh, no, you guys, no, yeah. The, um, the thing that always struck me as odd about you know, in the kind of modern era of world building and franchise dependence the fact that they have never done 006, 005. Like, I mean, in that, there's in the first Pierce Brosnan one, Sean Bean is 003 six. or 2, or is he 6? Yeah, yeah he's, he's, the villain, something. he's the villain yeah, of the But piece. he's the villain of yeah. it. He's the only ever reference to another 
double O, mm-hmm. and they never they never have expanded that no that universe. And you kind of thought they were going to win the Daniel Craig one when they had um, Naomi Harris as Money Penny, but she was like an agent, mm. and you thought, oh, is this going to lead to some Money Penny spinoffs? Well, maybe we'll get the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, what about uh, the fact that you mentioned? You know, this is Craig's last film. So, who are we going to have replace him? Do you have any suggestions? I've got, I've written some names down that I think might be some fitting suggestions. Okay. You might want to get your phones out if you want to have a look what they look like. But you'll know the first one. It's a little bit tongue in cheek, but <laughs> but um, Nicholas Holt. Oh yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yep. I kind of think he's got the look he for could it. Do it. Do you know an actor called Richard Armitage? I do. He's in Hannibal and yep. the Hobbit. He's in the Hobbit. I yep. think Who's he, he would. In the Hobbit? I don't know. He's one of the. He's the main. Is he he's the dwarf king, isn't he? Oh, is he? Okay, it's that guy. There's another Hobbit that I think would be a good Bond in that film, and Aiden Turner. Right, because the thought, interesting uh, thing Luke, about Luke Evans would be Luke good. Well, Evans. but the, the interesting thing is the age. You've got to be careful what age you get them into it. And I also yeah. believe that James Bond, when he kicks off, has to be a relatively unknown. Yeah, I totally yeah. like you a know? TV star. Yeah, I think Aiden Turner. I think I've got his name right. He's Poldark. I think he would be good. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's in a great Agatha Christie miniseries and he looks the part. They have him in a tux. What about, uh, there's an actor called uh, Jonathan Bailey and he was in Broadchurch and Bridgerton. Okay. I've um, seen um, Broadchurch, so I'd know him, but he's not coming to mind. <laughs> no, that's cool. I'll, I'll yeah. put their faces yeah. on the screen right. for this, uh, the video. And then William Mosley, the, the guy that was in the Chronicles of Narnia. Like one okay. of the lead. The Chronic what course? Of Narnia? The Chronicles. That was just a bad uh, Lonely Island uh, Oh, that was a bad joke, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you call me the king of bad jokes. What the hell? <laughs> I'm the king of bad references. Yeah. And then I thought, like, this one's a bit more far-fetched because he's probably getting on in Asian a little too famous. But Gerard Butler? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> Jim Sturgis. You know, the Irish actor from Across yeah. the Universe and he's been in a few IRA yes. kind of movies, yeah. you know. He's kind of got a Gallagher look to him. Is he mid forties? He, yeah, he'd probably be there? getting on. He's probably yeah, forty three, forty four. Yeah. Remember the but, whole Idris thing? They were probably pushing. He's about fifty. Though. He's too so old he now. That's the yeah. problem. Is you, you got to get because you want them there for at least five installments. I totally. You know, yeah. So well, you got to factor in how long that's going to take and how old they'll be at the end of it. Probably like yeah. thirty well, years. Tom, Tom Cruise is still making them making Mission Impossible <laughs> movies at sixty. Yeah, but did you see his face in those he, last tabloid photos? I remember. He drinks the blood of I remember thinking. Like we mentioned, uh, we do mention in the in the podcast this week. Uh, we do a Minority Report does come up, and I remember thinking when that came out, and there's that scene where Tom Cruise is looking in the mirror, like he just his face drops, and his whole body. Oh like, yeah. Oh, he's turned into an old man. Like it's happened here, and th- and thinking about that now, like now looking at the trailer of Minority Report, you're like, Tom Cruise looks so young in this. <laughs> Great film. Better now. Well, that movie's all about precogs, right? And that was a really precog moment because yeah. the the episode's tomorrow that tomorrow, you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out how we. Uh, I think I did. That's say, very like, minority. In the report. podcast, this we, we did talk about. I tried to, <laughs> no, try to get the tenses correct. You, you got the theme right, mate. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, what else? I like. There's little cheeky moments that sort of uh, reference the other bonds, like you've, you know, the 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 corridor of uh, pictures hanging with, you know, yes, J- Judy, yeah. Judy Dench with and the M's. They gave Robert Brown, who's like the the forgotten M from the '80s, a yeah. shout out. I thought that was good. Yep. Yeah, and heaps of Doctor No references. I think yeah. obviously there was some Honor Majesty Secret Service yeah. motifs there. There's a lot of stuff I wouldn't have picked up on that you know really diehard fans of Bond. Yeah. definitely would have. Yeah. Yeah, do you think they can that. make? Uh, <laughs> do you think they can make? They can have a, a woman Bond. I mean, I know there was a lot of, you know, they And that, by the uh, way, like, people are probably thinking that might be one of the spoilers, but it's not particularly. No. Like, you know, it's, no. um, it's a, I think that was a really 
interesting part of the film. This um, there are two double O seven. Yeah. Um, agents. There are two double O agents. Yeah. What yeah. do you think of her, and her role? I liked it. I don't think it was fleshed out enough. Yeah. Like it was a really strange role, but less than I thought she would be actually. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there are things I want to say about her role that I can't. Um, we can talk about it off mic. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I feel like. But she ended up just being in charge of transport for most of the film. Yeah, yeah like that's exactly right. <laughs> she like, was the chauffeur. She came yeah. in with a purpose. Yeah. And was kind of relegated to the sideline. And there was some good like interplay between the two of them. Yeah. Yep. Good and there was definitely a. It was definitely a. Uh, I like to think of it as Deep Impact, Robert Duvall versus, <laughs> was it Ron Eldard? Where they're giving each other shit, like he's giving him shit for being the old man yeah. on the mission and yep. stuff. And they send him baby food to, to eat and you know, yeah. and they they send over diapers and it's like that kind of thing. And there's a bit of that, which I which I did enjoy yeah. at the start. But that's once again, that's in that first hour. Yes. That, the great first hour. And then it disappears mm. as the film progresses. And there is one scene I can't talk about with the two of them, which I <laughs> laughed at. Okay. Um, I'll talk about it later. Yeah. But I thought that was just funny where it ended up going. I I found it quite interesting. It didn't. It wasn't as woke as I thought it would be. No, you know, it wasn't a lot of people actually. are being fearful that it's going to be very woke, and he was still kind of misogynistic in this. You know, like particularly like he, one scene when he goes to kiss her, and she's like, "No, don't," and he keeps pushing himself on her. And he goes, she's like, "Don't," and he's like, "I'm going to kiss you anyway." But then he's the, 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 dude. Like he just wakes up in bed next to her. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just it's happened. But the context yeah. there too, obviously, is that she does want him to do yeah. it. But yeah. it's just, it's that moment. But I never, yeah. I never really thought of Bond as particularly misogynistic. I just thought he just he didn't he didn't care he doesn't care about anyone. Yeah, yeah. He is he is like a single-minded so, British agent. It's a good point. Who will use anyone? Like he doesn't he doesn't care too much in Doctor no, in Doctor No when Quarrel gets killed. <laughs> yeah. No. He doesn't care when uh, you know when anything happens to the totally. to the girls that he's he's happens to be having sex totally. with he knows that one of the women that he has sex with wants to kill him yeah. and is an is an enemy agent he, he doesn't doesn't <laughs> yeah he's not he's the opposite yeah. he's giving these women a chance yeah <laughs> Oh, you can't, funny. Roger Moore, man, is the least misogynistic person I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't take. I, I like. I do like Roger Moore, but I've never been able to take him yeah. seriously as Bond. Yeah, and I've never been able to take, especially at that point, because he was notoriously older than Sean Connery when he quit. Oh, uh, he was older when he started he as was Bond. Forty six in his first Bond film. Bond film. Which is amazing. That is. And, but they were pumping them out then. Yeah. 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 yeah, they, yeah it was they were. Like one a year. But those Bonds were pretty much always one a year at that mm. time. Yeah. yeah. But it did, like he always, I always feel like he kind of, there was always a, like a bit of a wink to oh, the camera yeah. whenever he seduces a woman because, a woman, because you kind of feel like even he is like, I can't like, do this. This is, not, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, who else is buying this? Yeah, totally. But I'm definitely glad this one didn't go too much in a politically correct way. No, I think it put enough in to get its message across without feeling mm. heavy-handed, yep. which I was somewhat relieved. I realised that maybe the press around it was kind of red herrings, I guess, which makes sense once you see it. The, yeah, we had that discussion afterwards, Ben and I, um, yeah. when we were walking away from it, saying that the publicity deliberately drums up a bit of hysteria yeah, yeah totally. know, gets expectations to a certain point so that it can kind of surprise you yeah um yeah look it I, is the I, best marketing tactic <laughs> of all time yeah. like you just <laughs> let the internet hate yeah. roll yeah. and then when none of it happens in the film yeah it's yeah. totally unjustified yeah well look i i think it was a very satisfying film and i, I think the, the wait was worth it for me mm. and it was a long wait um yep. like you said could have been a shorter film like I reckon they they could have cut an hour out of it without losing any important elements of the story, mm. and they do 
when they gave, I guess because of the success of Bohemian Rhapsody, but they do give Rami Malek a lot more <laughs> time to act than uh, was necessary. <laughs> he had some big monologues, didn't he? He had some big scenes. And you kind of think, and all of that, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what his skin is normally like, but they, you're just like this guy probably would have had to spend hours in the makeup chair. Did you chair. feel like the scarring got less as the film went on? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, that will be the next bugbear of people, man. Yeah, the, the, the um, scarring of every villain and Bond. It's it's attacking the community. <laughs> Sorry. And it didn't even <laughs> look like it'll be if it gets blow foul. Yeah, the guy with the it, eye. Yeah, he just looked like Edward James almost. He just looked like he had like <laughs> like acne scarring, not yeah. any mm. you know, not like some kind of chemical, and that. Yeah, that stuff is a bit. I, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of him as a villain. I, I didn't mind him. I, I'd have to see it again. I think um, he just doesn't emote. Yeah, is my problem. He was service. I mean, he was serviceable. He was just there to do a job yeah. kind of thing. I thought it was odd that they tried to, like, they make it like they do acknowledge the film that Blofeld is the master manipulator. Yeah, and he's supposed to be this character that's come in and out manipulated Blofeld. Yeah, which is an interesting idea. It is, but it is disappointing in terms of a Bond mythos I agree. Uh, point of view because it does detract from Blofeld as being the ultimate Bond yeah. villain. And, and they had to avoid, for um, copyright reasons, Blofeld for so long. And they finally yeah. got it back after, I think, was it like 50 years? Almost, yeah. Inspector, and they... Yeah, they, I don't know if they fully utilised it, maybe. Yeah. But we'll see. Well, there might be a new, yeah, new I mean, direction, new, new one. And, you know, yeah. somewhere yeah. else to go with it. But yeah. um, I mean, it, I always found it is a shame that the way that they have, they did mythologise Blofeld. Because mm. in the early James Bonds, yeah. he's just he's just a guy. Yeah, with a cat. Like, he's, <laughs> he's got a cat, but he's like the head of the kind of the organisation, but he's not, he's not like a super genius who's anticipated every single He's just the boss man. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah, he just happens <laughs> to be in charge and he's like... Totally. He's like, well, it's your plan. You fucked up, so you're dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. it wasn't, you know, he never claimed to be, he didn't come up with the plan. He's not a genius. No. Yeah, he yeah. had. Well, that yeah. was the whole take on Dr. Evil, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like, he's not that smart. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> they should get Mike Myers, man. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Oh, God. Uh, well, lads. They should it's... make them, um, they, they should do like a, uh, like Superboy and have Bond and and Blofeld in college together. Yeah. Like that should be the next iteration of them as teens, like a, a CW, <laughs> they a actually, CW version. We don't want that. Well, they actually you. could give them <laughs> the plot inspector. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's been a long time coming. It's finally arrived and we have seen it. And I think it's safe to say that um, I, I think it's a fitting way, you know, to see Daniel yeah. Craig's Bond. Yeah. I agree. I do yeah. agree. I think given what you guys were saying earlier about his arc, I think yeah. it, it's a good way to end. Excellent. Keith, it's been great having you back on the yeah, mic, mate. Great. Hopefully we can get you back again Absolutely. on the show sometime. Um, yeah, no, we'll love that, having you here. We'll do that fabled Godfather 3 episode one day. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Uh, I have this uh, preconceived notion that you might be on the show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Minority Report. <laughs> Uh, we're going to leave you with uh, the title track, uh, as mentioned by Billie Eilish. Um, thanks for watching this special uh, James Bond No Time to Die edition, everybody. We'll see you next week on A Good Movie Monday tomorrow. <laughs> that is, the, is it? No, it's this week, right? Stuff so these pre records. They just mess me up, mate.
that the blood you bleed is just the blood you own We were a pair But I saw you there Too much to bear You were my life, but life is far away from fair Was I stupid to love you? Was I reckless to help? Was it obvious to everybody else That I fall for a lie? You Just no time to die